So with the entire issue going down about uh, Donald Trump, and uh, there's a lot of major issues going down today about it, you got to listen to people like Tucker Carlson. That Tucker was taken out of Fox News at the top of his game. Can you imagine? It's, it's almost unthinkable in television that you would take the top host at the top-rated show and not only just remove him from his show, but kick him out of the network he was in. And it's primarily just for doing a good job and having a show that was top-rated because it was something the powers that be did not want. If you're looking at what's happening in Washington, D.C., the other day they, they convicted two men, members of a group called the Proud Boys, of, of uh, lengthy prison terms that have not been seen since the Civil War in the United States. This has been that long. Since the 1860s, they have not convicted someone for this kind of a charge. And it, it's basically a, a, an entirely, pardon the pun, trumped-up set of allegations. So what did Tucker Carlson have to say on the Adam Carolla show he was on recently? And he basically brought out this issue that the real reason for all of this has been Trump. That they, and that they being the ultra-left liberals and many other groups and possibly even foreign governments working in collusion with them, uh, all funded by guys like George Soros, Pierre Omnidar, and all these other top leaders in the, in, in the business world who just want to see the United States merge into some kind of corporate entity with China. You know, they, they want to see a no world government. They want to see all government under one one roof, basically. They don't care if that in their thinking is, you know, they'll, they'll have this ultra liberal nirvana here in the United States. Hell no, when China takes over, you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna be exactly like Tibet. The first thing they will do is get rid of those who are not Chinese. And that's been proven, and that's what they do. You can go back in history and look at you know thousands of years of history, and that's exactly what the Chinese do. They find one way or another, usually by ethnic cleansing, usually by mass rape camps, usually by other means entirely. So this is what you're dealing with. You either have to come to the point of deciding whether or not you want the United States of America to survive or not. with a quick one here so let's see how it goes this is mike of new york the mike of new york podcast we're going to listen for a little bit of wabc 77 wabc this was from about two weeks ago when donald trump was a guest with uh sid rosenberg you can listen to the whole podcast on 77 wabc.com at 77 wabc.com listen to sid and friends and search for the donald trump interview i'm going to give you just about yeah about 10 minutes of it give you a listen to what he said here you go Yeah, I had a great conversation with our mutual friend, President Trump, Bill White, this morning. And he's in Georgia, of course. And he says, you know, Sid, there's over 250 murderers and rapists and sex offenders and gangbangers. All these folks are out there. And yet Fannie Willis and Brian Kemp, another governor like DeSantis who stabbed you in the back, the Attorney General Chris Carr, all these people in cahoots. And, of course, I know you pled non-guilty. Yes, not guilty, which, of course, you are not guilty. But you look at what's going on with all those people in Georgia. I mean, that's just another example of, of this, uh, what they're trying to do, which is election interference. It's nauseating. I don't know a lot of those people, but these are fine-looking people to me. And they got 
they got screwed, frankly. And, you know, uh, you mentioned Brian Kemp. He was dead. He had no chance. And some people came to see me on his behalf that were very good friends of mine. They asked for an endorsement of Brian Kemp. And I took him, and he won the election because of me. And he hasn't done a damn thing. And I'll tell you what, why they signed that consent decree, that was giving it away to the Democrats, what they did. The signing of a consent decree, which is a big deal. You don't know what I'm talking about because it's Georgia. But they signed a consent decree that was so bad for Republicans and so bad, frankly, for the state. And uh, it went from there. Now, Brian, Brian Kemp was another surprise. He was a guy I got in. He wouldn't have been governor without me. And then uh, he just, they just go bad. I mean, it's almost like people I don't endorse treat you better. But I must say, most people are good. Most people. You have to sanctimonious was bad. Kemp was bad. Uh, most people are good. They appreciate it. You mentioned the sanctimonious. I want them to do a good job, actually, Sid. Yeah. I don't want anything. I just want them to do a good job. Sure. That's all that matters. That's fair. Uh, you did mention the sanctimonious President Trump, and I will tell you that I did watch you and Tucker Carlson, and you're great. I mean, you're always great. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. I did take a peek at that debate last week. I said all week long on my show it's not going to be any good because the man, you, are not there. And it wasn't any good. It was actually embarrassing for your party, i got to say. Uh, but when you watched it, whether it's the Sanctimonious or any one of these folks, uh, Scott or Pence, did any one of these people impress you? Did anyone say, hey, look at me. Maybe I could be your running mate. Maybe I could end up in your cabinet. Any of these folks impressed you with that debate last week? Well, we were looking for the next Abraham Lincoln. We didn't see it. Okay, we didn't see it. But, look, some of them are friends of mine. Actually, some of them called, a number of them called and almost virtually asked my permission, which I respect. And I said, Ron, go ahead. The more the merrier. What difference does it make? And, you know, we've taken a lead in that thing. I don't want to say anything's over because I don't say that. I'm not a believer until it's over, right, as Yogi would say. Ain't over till it's over. But uh, it was uh, the lead. I, I think I'm 50 points up now on the sanctimonious, and I think he could end up going to third and fourth. The guy's got no personality. There's one. He came to me. He begged me for an endorsement. He was out of politics. It was over. He he left the Congress where he was not doing very well, and he wanted to run for governor of Florida. It was over. He said, if you endorse me, I'll win. And I said, you're so far down, nobody, if you bring back George Washington to, to endorse you, you're not going to do it. He said, no, no, I'll win. I'll win. I say, you know what, we'll give it a shot. I knew him a little bit, and frankly, uh, he was one of the hundreds of people that would go on television and talk about the impeachment hoax number one and impeachment hoax number two. So, you know, I got a little support. He was no Jim Jim Jordan, that I can tell you. But anyway, we did that, and then he won. He went from, like, being 30 or 40 points down. He became like a rocket ship, and he won. And, like, immediately, as soon as I pressed the button, the famous button, and he won. And then I got him past the race because he had a race with a Democrat. I did three rallies for him, everything else. And he won. And that was the end of it. I didn't care too much. He won. Big deal. But I got him in. He was dead. He had no chance. You know, some guys have a good chance. Some guys have a little. He had no chance. He was out of politics. He was dead. He was, I mean, literally crying. So he comes up to me. And then four years later, they say, would you run against the president? Would you run? And he said, I have no comment. Now, Sid, you're a street guy. You know what? No comment means. That means he's running. I said, wait a minute. He's running. (laughs) And then I started hitting him hard. And and a lot of people call me, sir, he's a Republican. Please don't hit him that hard. I said, he's a Republican. Not to me, he's not a Republican. So I thought it was a great act of disloyalty. And Kemp, likewise, was 
just about equal. He was never going to win without me. He would have never, ever won without me. And, uh, you know, just these guys, I don't know what happens. They go bad. And it's not like I, you know, I hardly dealt with them. It's not like, gee whiz, I did something, I said something that was incorrect. I, I literally get them in. I say, good luck. Do a good job. Run Georgia. Good luck. Good luck, Ron. Take a, you know, do a nice job. That's it. I didn't ask for anything. But then they come back. I don't know. Some, you know, they have these consultants. Many of them are morons. And they tell these guys what to do. I have an idea. Go against Trump. But going against Trump and the Republican Party has not been good for people. It hasn't been been good for their career path. No, that may be uh, – that's an understatement. Those are the two sad stories. (laughs) They are. I agree with you. And they are sad, both DeSantis and uh, Kemp. But I guess the guy, uh, President Trump, everybody's in love with these days is Vivek. I'm not a huge fan. Maybe you are. I don't know. But uh, what I get from people is, look, we need to make sure the president does well with suburban housewives. For some reason, yeah. people seem to think that's still a tough spot for us. So maybe you should look at a Nancy Mace or a Carrie Lake or a Tulsi Gabbard or a Christy Nome. Have you made up that decision yet with gender or any of those? Or just not yet. So uh, I have looked at a lot of people. I also know that no vice president ever got a president elected. They don't just don't, you know, but they all go in big fanfare. But ultimately, it's the president. Uh, with the suburban housewife, I think we do great. I think the numbers were very skewed last time, to put it mildly. I'm trying to be nice because uh, I want to be nice on your show. So I will not say the election was rigged on your show because I want you to have a job. No, no, you can say it. No, no, you can say it. Well, then the election was rigged. It was a rigged election, (laughs) and it was rigged like nobody. And you got to give Rudy credit. I'll tell you what, Rudy, he he goes through hell because he says that he knows. I mean, he gets – he got it back. He had the laptop before everybody. You know, Rudy was – and Rudy's a friend of yours. Rudy was way ahead of the whole thing. He was two years, three years ahead of all this stuff that's coming out now. He doesn't get enough credit, I'll tell you. Number one, he was the greatest mayor in the history of New York. What he did to New York, he turned it around. It was in shape like it is now, unfortunately. <laughs> and when I see that, I was there not long ago. It was very sad, very sad. When I walk – when I go through that – those streets. I get driven down the streets, and I'll tell you, I look at the scene of New York, and it looks like Bangladesh. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good situation. It's a, it's so sad. But Rudy gets a lot of credit for he was able to call it early, and they give him no credit, of course. You know, they don't give him any credit. I'm I'm one of the people that understand it and give him credit. But uh, yeah, the election was a disgrace. We got. Uh, close to 12 million more votes when you think about it, 12 million, than we did the first time. And I was told if you could get the same 63 million that you got the first time, you have it. We got almost 75 million votes. And I was told, you get 63, you win automatically. I got 63 the first time. So, you know, people say, well, you did better in the first election because you want to. I said, no, no, I did much better in the second election. Mm. But the election was rigged. So now we're doing it again. We're more, I think there's more enthusiasm. You can ask your mother, but there's more enthusiasm now than there was for one or two. I mean, we go by, we drive through streets where the signs, every house has a sign, Trump 2024. And that's because it's so bad. You know, when you look at energy independence, we're energy independence. And we had, I passed the largest tax cuts in history, the largest regulation cuts. I rebuilt our military. I took out ISIS. 
you know all about what I did militarily. I don't have to go through it either. But what we did militarily was incredible. But I rebuilt. Then he gave $85 billion of what I rebuilt, brand new stuff, planes, tanks, uh, goggles, everything, night goggles. He's got, they've got better night goggles than we have. But they gave it to Afghanistan in the single worst, most embarrassing situation, in my opinion, in the history of our country. There's never been anything like that where we take the military stupidly. He takes the military out first. Now, you take the military out last. and said, you know, 18 months, not one soldier was uh, even shot at when I was president. I called Abdul, who was the leader, still the leader of the Taliban. I said, Abdul, don't do it. I won't go into exact conversation, but it was a very interesting conversation. <laughs> I said, Abdul, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to get hit so hard. <laughs> don't do it, Abdul. And you know what? He didn't. 18 months, it was perfect. And then we had the rigged election, and then he takes over. And what they did at the airport was a horrible thing. I met with the great families uh, two nights ago, and they were great. They're devastated. These people are devastated. Mm. It, was all, it was all because of incompetence. You know, all of that you see in Ukraine right now with Russia going into Ukraine, uh, that would have never happened if I was president. Zero chance. And Actually, even most Democrats admit it. Putin never would have done it. If I were president, Putin would have never done it. And I was honored. You know, one of the strongest leaders in the whole world right now, Viktor Orban, uh, he's of Hungary, and he's a very powerful leader. Hungary is, you know, actually it's a place doing very well. It does very well. Strong borders. And uh, they asked him, what do you think? What would you recommend Biden, you probably saw this. He yes. said yep. he's got to resign. Yep. Trump has to become president. Yep. Trump had the whole world perfect. He yep. had it perfect. True. They all respected him. They listened to him. Trump has to be president. And if he's not, it's not just the United States. The whole world is going to blow up. And you have to understand, he's one of the toughest and most respected people. When he said that, even my wife, the first lady, even my wife was impressed. And that is the question right now with Donald Trump. Here's Tucker Carlson, and this is what's happening to Trump. Of course, I mean, look, if, uh, you know, they protested him, they called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They (laughs) fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back, then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. Then they invaded him three more times, and every single time his popularity rose. So if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment, now you go to indictment, and none of them work, what's next? I mean, let, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously. And You know, that's exactly what Tucker Carlson is saying. But, you know, we, we hope it doesn't go that direction. But that is what Tucker is saying. They are the most likely they will try and kill Trump if this continues in the direction it is going, because that is what they want. The ultimate goal of the deep state is they need to gain control of this society and they need to control it for their masters in Beijing or Russia or wherever, or corporate America or whoever is really running things. Or maybe there is nobody really running things or maybe it's someone from down in the netherworld, you know, because that's who more they serve than anyone else up here. No one will say that, but I don't. I don't know how you can reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, 
they have decided, permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's, that's so threatening to them they just can't have it. I mean, they're putting him on trial in March of next year in the J6 case, which basically consists of trying to send him to prison for the rest of his life for complaining about the last election. That's literally what it is. Again, if this were happening in Moldova, the State Department would issue an all-hands-on-deck order to let the world know this is not a legitimate government. And yet our government is doing it. It's like it, – it's, it's really – it's hard to overstate how bad this is, and I'm not – I, I don't I don't know where it's going, but there's a collision that's clearly imminent. And by the way, the president is senile in a way that's impossible to deny. Biden's not running the government, you know? So, like, I don't know. I mean, I've never been this worried about anything as I am about where this is going. So when you look at that, you know, with, with Tucker Carlson saying these things and and uh, all of what is going on in, in these United States of America, you have to actually look at it. You have a government that really, we don't know what direction it's going in. We don't know really who's running it. All we know is that it certainly is not run well. Uh, is it being run by, uh, by, by, by uh, you know, by Joe Biden? Who knows? It's, it's really hard to say. And, uh, you know, the, the, the interview with Adam Carolla, of course, Tucker Carlson is just a journalist. He was just a broadcaster. He's just, just another person who, who has an opinion, who has a story to tell and, and does it well. You know, and well enough that he actually got more views on this interview with Donald Trump the, the last week. Uh, I think it, it, it popped around almost 200 million views. Okay, 200 million views watching a video online. And that's more than watch the Super Bowl live. The last Super Bowl was 122 million people. This one has over 200 million views. Now, here's Tucker again. What's your take on a, a Wolf Blitzer type? Because... <laughs> Uh, whenever I, <laughs> I, you know, take a close look at his history. Actually, I'm always uh, like, why would he do this? Why would he say a bunch of stuff he doesn't believe or he must know is untrue? Like what? He sat there as this sort of elder statesman of news and just sort of lied right through through COVID and, and many other subjects. Why would he do that? Why would he do it to his legacy? Um. You know, I worked with Wolf for years, never had a problem with him. Um, it's always nice. Uh, you know, the, and no one wants to hear it. I'm sure most people won't believe it. But I can tell you, having lived it for many years, it's true. Uh, the intel agencies have a big effect on what is broadcast on television and what you see on Facebook and Google as well. I mean, they're all up and down Facebook and Google, as I'm sure you know. And... Um, you know, there are a lot of anchors who, including people I know well and have worked with at different networks, I'm thinking of one in particular, national security reporter, who is just a mouthpiece for the Pentagon and the CIA and is knowingly telling lies on their behalf. It's very, very common, very common. And I can think of a number of people at CNN who I know for a fact are doing that exact thing. And so, I mean, they're reading government propaganda from the intel agencies knowingly and i'm sure they've got some internal rationale that allows them to get up in the morning and face themselves despite having done something that's dishonest but i'm just telling you bottom line i know that is the that is true i'm not speculating at all so you know that's basically something that a lot of people have have you know talked about 
in that you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a government press release and reading it on the air or reading it in your podcast or putting it out as, as information or news. When you admit that what you are reading is a, this is from the government, this is what they say. Now, what do you think? You know, that, that's the way to put it. But these people, they're taking commentary that essentially is written for them by groups like the Central Intelligence Agency, by groups like Homeland Security, by other groups, and passing it off as their own. And that's just plain wrong. That's dishonest. That's plagiarism even. But hey, hey, it's the Joe Biden administration. Actually, no, it's the Biden-Harris administration. And after this message, we'll get back and talk more about that. I'm Mike of New York. This is the Mike of New York podcast. Mike K. Cohen coming to you from the Big Apple, New York City.